Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I saw this in the cinema I really really enjoyed it it's one of my favourite films that year I am a sucker for well made indie teen films I think she carries a film like yeah when he, when I was having to write down the synopsis I thought yeah this sounds really horrible um, <laughs> but, but it is a comedy honestly and you have to like keep, keep I think mainly down to her dialogue that keeps it funny that and bouncing off Woody House and who I think was improvising most of the lines apparently as well really? oh really yeah yeah I think he enjoyed that well I think my, my favourite is when she's trying to use her dead dad as an excuse and he says I have a one year expiration date of freebies for the dead and dying I, that was <laughs> beautiful <laughs> So many lines like that, yeah. Hello, film fans. Joining us today at Flix Watcher, we have Fran. Hello. Babs. Hi. And as always, Kobe. Hi, guys. And we're here to talk Edge of Seventeen. Thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty mighty tunes and thanks to ben from rockwood audio for his awesome editing skills please do remember to write a review and rate us on apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us and you can join in the conversation with us on twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello film fans, welcome to this episode of Flix Watch Podcast. Joining us remotely today we have Babs and Fran. If you could please say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about who you are and what you do please. Hi, I am Barbara Medes-George aka Babs and I am one of the co-hosts with Fran of Over Underrated, a music podcast where we pick a theme uh, like a place like Leeds or a genre like punk and we pick a band or artist one of us thinks is overrated and the other one thinks is underrated. And then we make a five or ten track playlist, kind of arguing our point and trying to change each other's minds. And we like to try and push our opinions onto each other because we're quite opinionated. But we try not to get into too many arguments. Have you ever really, really fallen out? There have been a couple of tense episodes. I think C- Crowded House was a tense one where Fran was trying to showed to me that they weren't uh, overrated and he tried and he tried and failed, uh, I'm, I'm afraid. I liked kind of one song just about. Uh, are, they, recently, are they a band that people care that much about? There's some yeah. big fans we've discovered. Like I'm I'm from the, you know, so, uh, the podcast social media. There are a lot of Finn fans out there. That, so there's, there's an account called <laughs> at something special and he tweets a lot. And yeah, there's, there's I mean, really I like, some passionate people. I like Crowded House. I think they're very, 
very pleasant. Oh, well, uh, it's a shame you weren't on the episode <laughs> with Fran because he could have used some backup, I think, on, on that one. But sometimes um, it goes the other way. So we did a, an episode recently on trip hop. And, you know, yeah, I was I, I was bringing that genre uh, and I defended successfully Massive Attack as not being overrated. And I was like, okay, fantastic. I'm going to take Fran into my underrated band, Sneaker Pimps. I'm sure he'll love them. And he was so, like, sadly negative about them throughout everything. He's just like, no, I just, I also didn't like this one and this one. And because it was only the two of us, it was 10 tracks. And I was just like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll keep trying until the end. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to your, your um, Chip Up one today. Um, and what it made me do, which often happens when I listen to your podcast, is I think I need to, because you, unfortunately, due to rights reasons probably and not wanting to get sued, uh, you don't play any of the tracks there. So it, it took me down a bit of a massive attack rabbit hole, which is always delightful. Um, and I forget how good they are, individual tracks, but also as an, as an album and how good they sound like with just nice big comfy headphones on there. So yeah, do listen to Over Underrated. I'll, I'll get to Sneaker Pimps. I love Sneaker Pimps as well. Um, Thank you. Ma- Thank you, Toby. Again, you should you should come. Just come on. Just come on every time because you're going to be on one of our sides, I think. <laughs> I think my problem with music is I like too much of it. I like the hip hop and the trip hop. And I was with you on the Manson side of things, Fran. Um, I'm, I'm there on the Radiohead side of things. And uh, I've got a, it's, it's, it's hard. There's very few music I don't like. But yeah. Yeah, I think we could help you find them. Apart from Puff Daddy. Sometimes when you've had 10 songs, you, you get a bit embarrassed when you've come to the ninth song and you're still saying, yeah, it's still crap. Um, <laughs> it's like, do I start lying in a minute to make it happen? <laughs> yeah, so it can be dodgy ground sometimes. Sorry, Fran, who are you? Hello. Um, <laughs> I'm a co-host of uh, Under Overrated podcast. I'm occasional music journalist, um, cinema frequenter, uh, Netflix watcher, and uh, a podcast. So you use the name of a podcast in that, in that word you're, down you're, you're welcome. And uh, <laughs> a, a, a podcast uh, addict. I also run a comedy podcast Twitter feed, which does quite well. And yeah, and also uh, I have a degree in film. So obviously, you know, I'm perfect for this podcast. <laughs> It's quite a CV. Um, well, you chose the edge of 17. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you tell us first of all why you chose it, and then I'll get the timer ready, at which point you'll give us a synopsis in less than 60 seconds. Ah, uh, blimey. So I grew up in the 80s with the Brat Pack films. So teenage high school films will always have a certain nostalgia to me and fondness. So I will seek them out, I guess, in the 90s. We had 10 Things I Hate About You was massive. In the noughties, we had Mean Girls. And then... In the noughties, we have Easy A, and then I discovered The Edge of Seventeen, and I found, oh, this is on Netflix. No one really talks about it, so let's give it another go. Another go? What do you mean? Um... Well, I had seen it at the cinema. Sure. And I had seen it on DVD, but it's been a while, so I thought, yeah, let's okay. choose Edge of Seventeen. So this is at least the third time watching it for you? Third time, indeed. Okay, well, let's get the time ready. And your minute starts now. So this is going to sound a lot bleaker than the film is. So Nadine is an old soul who finds it hard to relate to her peer group. Her best friends are basically her dad and her one friend, Krista. But in the first act, she loses her father and her best friend to her overachieving brother. And then she tries to fill the void by shameful, desperate acts and ends up dating a guy who fancies her just because he's bored. <laughs> she, she has one friend who's a teacher and is paid to be her soundboard. But will she find her place eventually? I mean, these guys are, 
writing the synopses down. Um, I think it's, I feel it's cheating. It's a comedy, isn't it, really? But it is. the yeah. summary is like, yeah, deaths and whole, oh, yeah. It's, uh, well, yeah, well done. Thank you very much for that, Fran. Um, perhaps Where Are You and Edges Haven't Seen? And also a lot of the films that uh, Fran teed us up with, with um, I guess, Mean Girls, 10 Things I Hate About You. What was the other one you said? Easier. Easier, which we've recorded. Uh, is on this feed. Yep. Uh, Book Smart as well, I guess. Yeah, again, yep. another one. We've, we've, done quite, we've had a, a fair we've few. A lot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and The Breakfast Club, which is probably one of the bigger ones. We've 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 done a lot. And and some of the new ones as well, haven't we? Like The Half of It. Is it The Half of It? So this what is weird one. It's got a weird name. Some of the new <laughs> ones. I was going to choose first because they off until I found out it doesn't exist in Belgium. So I thought I'd carry on in the same high school road and I found Edge of 17. I thought, yeah, why not? So I... I only heard about this film recently, I think from going through the Netflix algorithm. I'd, I'd never heard of it, which really surprised me given that it's got Hayley Steinfeld, Woody Harrelson, mm-hmm. Kyra Sedgwick. And I thought, okay, I love a coming of age film, so so let's get into it. But you never know what it's going to be like. I enjoyed it more than, than I thought I would. I think those three actors that I just mentioned are really good and their performances carry it. But it was a lot funnier than I, I thought it would be. There's a lot of funny quotes and funny moments, especially coming from Woody Harrelson. And I thought the the teacher character that Woody Harrelson is playing, Max Bruner, is a bit more nuanced than than the average teacher character. And I mm-hmm. he doesn't do a lot of talking. He really a lot of it comes through with the acting, and then when he talks, it's quite funny. And the mother character played by Kyra Cedric Mona. You know, she's clearly like, you know, a bit troubled and a bit fragile, but it doesn't delve too much into that. She, it isn't a caricature. You you feel empathy with her and, you know, you you feel like, okay, as, as much as you might feel sympathy sympathy for the main character, as Fran said, she gets up to all sorts of things and makes very bad decisions. So so you can empathize. So, yeah, I I, I enjoyed it. Um, thank you, Fran, for, for picking it. Helen, how's it, how's it initially ranking um, the plethora of team films that we've, we've had here? Well... I had not heard this film until recently when it was potentially going to be up for a, a choice, but it didn't end up getting picked. But prior to that, I had no idea it even existed. So oh, wow. I was quite surprised to learn that it was from 2016. I thought it was maybe a bit more recent than that. But um, there's a lot of stuff that I liked about it. But having reflected on it, I kind of feel that there was too much going on and maybe it could have worked a bit more as a series. And kind of like fleshed out some of the the bits going on because I feel like she basically ditches like her best friend like really instantly and this is like her one true friend like her only friend and they've got this like really great relationship and she just goes see ya and I kind of feel that maybe there should have been more of a breakup and that in its own could have been like a pretty big story but then there's this other kind of like will they won't they with Irwin who has a pool like everyone has pools like everyone has a pool I never had a pool um and then there's obviously the relationship everyone's got a slightly strange name so like Darian 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 the the like this poor guy who is just basically like dealing with having to be the father figure, look after his mum who's clearly not coping, try and, like, pull things together. He's having to make, like, sacrifices about not going to college. He finally finds someone that he likes and suddenly one of, like, the key women in his life that he's looking out for hates him 
for it. And there's like so much going on. Like I would have liked to maybe spent more time with him and his emotions because he does kind of like a good speech at the end. And it's just like, you know, he kind of like comes across maybe as just a bit of a, a face, but he's actually like really emotional and holding things together. So just there was a lot going on crammed in. And I think maybe a bit more time for it to breathe and a bit more reflection. It, 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 it had a lot of potential to go a bit deeper. Perhaps you can mention your series. Oh, yeah. I think Fran and I both raised our eyebrows when he said this would have been better as a series because literally just before we joined you, I told Fran that I'd looked up that she was meant to develop it into a series with YouTube Premium, um, I think in 2018. But in May 2020, pandemic, it got cancelled. Mm. And, and Fran was saying, I think you said, Fran, I, I can't really see this as a series. So clearly two differing opinions. <laughs> yeah, I can't really see it as a series. I, I think I'd find it difficult when the Dean, as if she was the main character in it as a, as a series, Maybe if it was a series to split out into all the parts, but I don't. Think, I still don't think I'd watch it as as a film. I find it quite nice, a, a nice kind of length. But she's one of those characters where I understand where she's coming from and where she she feels the kind of disappointment and the world's you know everything's against me. But at the same time, it isn't really, and a lot of that's her own construct. And people have dealt with um, you know parents dying or, or loss loss of, of of relatives, and still go on to have like. I don't want to say fulfilling, but engaging relationships with other people. And she always was a bit of an old soul. Um, but I still find, I think it's quietly nicely played by Hayley Seinfeld. I think she's she's one of my favourite recent um, actors. I think she's great in in the Marvel film she's in, <laughs> the Marvel TV show she's in. I can't think of things. I can't think of words today, guys. Um, Is it One Division? No. no. I have no idea. I don't watch Marvel films or anything, really. So. <laughs> it's the one with the arrows. Hawkeye, yeah. So she's she's great in Hawkeye. Uh, she's great in True Grit when she first started. I really like her in uh, Pitch Perfect when she comes into it. So Haley Steinfeld, I think, is a really really good like screen presence, and she and she plays the character perfectly in this as well. And I understand the angst of like your best friend and your sibling hooking up, and then suddenly that relationship is like fucked. There's no way. There's no other way to describe it. It's just not good for either of you. And as much as she probably wants it to be happy and good. At 17, that's not the place you want it to be. It's like maybe when everyone's a bit older, a bit more mature, then that's the kind of relationship they can let develop. But when you're trying to be protect your own friendships but the only friend you really have, then it's, it's hard when you see that happen. So I, I was on her side, but there's so many times you just kind of think, oh, you're a bit of a dick though as well. <laughs> uh, but that's great. But that's really, but it was great to have that kind of nuanced and, and layered characters as a, as a main protagonist. And then How- I felt sorry, felt sorry for, for getting on with this guy who's, turned out to be a massive dick because hey teen movie guys but then she kind of led on Irwin as well as ah, I don't think I'd spend much more time with her but I think she's a great character and I think Hayley Steinfeld played her really well how do you deal with the uh, text scene do you scram or um it was the Facebook message yeah yeah that was absolutely hilarious uh (laughs) have you done that before (laughs) uh similar you know yeah yeah like i i i'm with you kobe like i you can tell you're like why are you making these bad decisions but i empathize with her so much because i think Mm. i was very similar as a teenager and yeah i'm 34 she's she's half my age but i think i feel closer to to 17 than i do to 51 that's that's for sure and i i thought the the two love interests especially they they were so perfectly in tune where it's like the gothy emo-y sort of you know hair fringe over the eyes clear dickheads 
um <laughs> you know obviously obviously but even though actually that was quite nuanced because you know he he didn't treat her bad i thought that was dealt with quite deftly actually and i, I thought owen was the standout support character because mm. he's so awkward and it's so natural and so believable um him and his big pool he's um 11 years older than her Really? Oh, wow. <laughs> he's, born in, he's 11 years older than, um, yeah, he's, he's born in 1985 and she's born in 1986. 1985? Yes. He, he would have been late 20s. Yes. Which explains why his body was so uh, defin- defined. Is that, is that the reason, right? Like, oh, uh, at that age. <laughs> um, I, one thing I thought was quite nice was how other other characters would have, been, would have seen his house and gone, oh, I actually, I'm in love with you now. And that wasn't the case um, when when she turned up at his house for the first time. Yeah, and that scene in the waterfall when you know she sort of teases him and it goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think have we. I think I've done. I think I flirted with uh, with, a, with a, a girl just because I wanted attention, so I could I could understand that awkwardness. Um, yeah, I think the car scene is done very well because it could have gone a lot darker, and it doesn't really send the film in a that sort of like bleak direction it's, it can still kind of be a comedy afterwards watching things like promising young women you know it goes down a very similar a similar sort of path but yeah i i, I think she's great in this and i love twin bumblebee she's playing a very similar character yes, like a, well, yeah. a fast speaking smart awkward young lady and does it i think she carries a film like yeah when he, when i was having to write down the synopsis i thought yeah this sounds really horrible um <laughs> but, but it is a comedy honestly and you have to like keep, keep i think main down to high dialogue it keeps it funny that and bouncing off with your house and who I think was improvising most of the lines apparently as well. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think he enjoyed that moment. I think my, my favourite is when she's trying to use her dead dad as an excuse and he says, I have a one-year expiration date of freebies for the dead and dying. I, that was <laughs> beautiful. So many lines like that, yeah. I think, yeah, your head, your head is too big for your body. You'll never get to fix it. That was a lovely <laughs> cutting line. <laughs> yeah, I thought Woody Hulk was great in this as well. I, I really, I saw this in the cinema. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's one of my favourite films that year. I am a sucker for well-made indie teen films, and this is this is one of my favourite recent years. So, and what and what what is was what is great in this, and I love the way that she'd under underestimated him or undermined him in a way. She, that they had a kinship, but didn't think that he was worthy of having a wife and a kid just because she never she maybe never even asked. She probably just turns up every, all the time. She's in her own world, in her own bubble. He's a teacher. He's empathetic towards her, and, and he entertains her nonsense. And um, but at the same time, she hasn't said, "Do you have a partner?" It's just she's just, so self-absorbed that it's yeah. It's but at the same time, did I? I don't think I ever asked any of my teachers if they were married because I, I, I would have found it really weird. <laughs> yeah. but that's not the relationship. Fine line. So. Yeah. Did he guess their pay grade? <laughs> Forty-five thousand dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's kind of interesting that um, the kind of like teacher roles in in this, like if you actually said anything remotely like that in a uh, real classroom, then you would lose your job. Yeah. <laughs> it, yes, it's interesting. But in, in these kind of films, you can just it's it's standard. Like the amount of American films where it's like you can't do that in schools. Do you think that that the opening scene when she says she's going to commit suicide works? <laughs> I don't know. I enjoyed that actually because I, I was thinking like strange strange way to open and you forget kind of the you forget about that scene and then as it gets to it you're like oh you're gonna finally find out that was like a little mystery mm. mystery uh, section 
Um, and yeah, I think Helen, yeah, she absolutely is self-absorbed, but I think, I don't know, I feel like I was very self-absorbed as a teenager. And I think, you know, she is an old soul, but she's also an arrogant soul, you know, when yes. she's like, yeah, yeah, you know, like basically I'm better than everyone else out there. And it's like, I can empathize with someone feeling like an outsider at school, but at the same time, ah, shut up your brick. Um, but I, I, I think on, especially her kind of love life decisions, I, I, I really empathized and, and yeah, I mean, the fact that she's so dramatic about her friend getting with her brother, it's precisely because she feels like she has so few allies in her life. And because her brother's become a bit of a father figure, the fact that, you know, she's, she's gone for him as a betrayal, but I will say Krista is the most 2d character out there i firstly i thought she was meant to be an, an equally weird little kid she's not a weird teenager at all and her character's not explored at all so on that helen i absolutely agree with you that there, there should be a series because i think the only kind of nuance that's given to her is when they're at the party and she's trying to you know be nice to the other girls and nadine calls her out for being a bit fake which is which is fair enough but at the same time i don't know because she just looks like such a golden angel child i'm like yeah that is who she is I, should, I can i can believe that and i can believe that she's going out with the jock and wasn't the unusual child that you know became the dean's friend i think that's what a problem i guess a challenge i have with some teen films is where i mean we had easy a where emma stone was the outcast and i'm like really <laughs> and Haley seinfeld's the outcast i'm like again really <laughs> she's got cool shoes guys we know this it's much discussed <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is there anything else you guys want to say before we head to the scores? I want to talk about how Facebook was a thing. And this is a film from 2016 and it dates it so, so quickly. Uh, having watched Eighth Grade, uh, where, you know, Bo Burnham discussed with the actor, like, is it going to be Facebook? And they were like, absolutely not. It's going to be Instagram. And that came out, what, two, three years later? That really yeah. made me laugh that she was kind of, hey, have you responded to my friend request? I was like, this feels ancient. Does it actually mention Facebook or does it just say friend request? I mean, maybe it's, I know, I think there is something. I think Facebook is mentioned is at one point. Yeah. Don't quote me on that, but yeah. Are we guessing that Stevie Nicks didn't give him the rights for the song? Mm -hmm. It does seem a trick, <laughs> Yeah. Missing or like some band from 2016 could have done like a cover version of something. Yeah. That still would have done it easily. <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite an interesting cover. Although, I mean, it's still got one of the best rock intros ever, um, which obviously Beyonce used to perfection. But Bastille, I think they would strip away that intro. But I'll be interested. I'll be interested. They would do with vocals maybe or something weird like that. Dan, give it a try. <laughs> Their, their version of uh, Rhythm of the Night is one of my favourite cover versions ever of the night, Bastille, guys. Go and, go on Spotify. It's it's a beautiful. Because um, some teen films tend to have good soundtracks going back through time. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, the soundtrack wasn't, it didn't stand out here, did it? Which I yeah. guess leans into independent nature. I wrote down, yeah, Ballroom, Ballroom Brits and Billy Joel, you know, going on the whole old, old soul thing. But yeah, I think there wasn't, a clear theme you know it wasn't no. just old songs or even as you say you know bands covering old old music yeah it didn't really stand up for me uh well guys let's head to the scores I'm Helen O'Hara, film journalist, author and host of Women vs Hollywood, a new podcast from the Stripped Media family. We're exploring the fall and rise of women in Hollywood from the silent era to the present day and into the future. 
Each episode, I'm joined by three or more special guests to discuss the challenges that women face in the film industry and look at what we can do to change the picture. We've got actors, directors, producers, writers, academics, film experts, you name it, they're all here to explain what's going on in Hollywood. Search for Women vs. Hollywood now, wherever you're listening to this, and come join us. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Welcome to the Flixwatcher scores. All of our scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And we'll start with you, please, Fran, with your recommendability. Well, of course, I'm going to say I would recommend this. I would give it a 4.5. Because, you know, I've seen it now three times and I'm not going to lie, guys, I shed a tear today, even though I was, I knew what's going to happen. So it works on repeatability. Oh, uh, well, we've not got, we've not got well, yet. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No spoilers, no spoilers. Perhaps. Um, yeah, I've put 3.5. It would have been four, but I am actually quite annoyed about uh, American teen films with everyone having a big house. So I just, for, for that sheer lack of originality, I took 0.5 off it, 3.5. Blame John Hughes to start it out. Thank you. Yes, I will. <laughs> Is it, yeah. I mean, Nadine didn't have a big house, did you? She had a pool. She had a pool as well, but it just yeah, wasn't a heated single pool. single parent family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I just think some parts of America, it's, you, you know, you, you have a pool. It might not be a great pool, but you, you have a pool. <laughs> <laughs> And when it wasn't Irwin's pool, was it? There's a pool and there's a pool. Uh, yeah, that was a yeah. huge pool. But, but yeah, all, all the big Hot. houses. I know a lot of America's like that, but not all of America's like that. And I would have, I think, I think what I mean by that is that setting was one I've seen before a million times. And, mm. uh, and, and yeah, that took up, that took off 0.5 for recommendability because of lack of originality. And there we go. Digging. Helen. Harsh. Um, this, this, so this one completely passed me by. And I, I think, there are a few things that do date it a little bit. And I don't, for me, it's not quite up there with kind of Clueless, Mean Girls, Easy A. I don't think it's got that kind of like iconicness about it. There's a lot of things that I do like, but it's maybe I, I haven't watched it at the right time in my life. Or maybe I feel that recently since doing this podcast, watched a lot more kind of like teen stuff than I probably would normally. So this where I enjoyed watching it and the performance in a kind of good and it's kind of funny and it kind of takes it on in a slightly different way. It's not that high on, on my list. I will say looking at my notes, I don't know what this means, but justice for bold men. <laughs> Something happened like these notes from like when I watched it a little bit longer ago. Yeah. She, she, um, bold men or old men. Bold. Old, she, she, bold. she mentions Woody's hairline a couple of times. <laughs> There we go. Um, thanks for clearing that note up for Sorry. me. Uh, so uh, I'm going to get three point seven. It's not. It's not like into my top tier, mid tier for me for teen stuff. I'm going four point two. Um, I really enjoyed it the first time. I, I don't think I normally do a kind of top ten round round down of films. Um, I'm not sure I did one that year, two thousand six. Um, the previous year was me, the me and Earl and the Dying Girl. I think was my top film of that year. Um, so this would have, you know, 
been there and thereabouts. Repeat viewing score, Fran? I would say a four because I've seen it three times. I think I actually own it on DVD. Um, so that means that I want to watch it again. And I think this is, yeah, I think we all like to have a film that is kind of under the radar that people haven't seen before. And, and you can say, oh, have you tried Edge of 17? And a bit like what Kobe said with me, Owen Dyingale, that's another film that I always try and mention to people that not many people have seen. So, yeah, I, I'm i looking forward to introducing us to another friend mm. and we're watching it. Uh, so, so that was four repeat viewing Four, scores. four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, perhaps. Sorry, Fran, uh, but I'm giving it a one <laughs> because I enjoyed it, but I didn't think it was original enough to to watch again. You know, I, I, I'm glad you put it forward, but, you know, despite it being funny, despite the, the good acting, yeah, I, I think, was it, I hadn't said, it didn't elevate it to, I think, the top canon of, of teen films for me. Did, did, did you not cry even at that scene? No, I didn't. Oh, I'm, I'm, co- I, we, I'm cold. We've discussed this. I have no heart. This is. I've, I have an older brother. Maybe that's what happens, you know. There we go. The, the, he hasn't dated uh, any, of any of your friends. friends. Okay. <laughs> It's good to know. <laughs> um, Helen, repeat viewing score. Yeah, so I watched so I watched this a couple of months ago, possibly, and um, I was like, oh, shall I watch it again? Like, has my brain remembered it enough? And I kind of had it on in the background, but I wasn't really kind of watching it. So it didn't make me want to go, yeah, I need to watch it. So I'm going to give it a, a 1.5 on repeat viewing. Um, I'm going to watch it again, not often. Not frequently. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go for a three here. No, a little bit less. 2.7. 2.7. Uh, small screen score. I would give this a four. Um, I've seen it on the cinema and on my TV. And I, I don't think, you know, you need to... It's not an epic movie. You don't need to see it in the IMAX. I think the, it's all about the dialogue and the narrative. So you can watch it on smartphones. I'm sure it'll still survive. Uh, Babs? Yeah, 4.5, because maybe... It would have been five, you know, maybe some scenes like the car crash scene or, or other scenes would have been elevated or maybe scenes where there's there's a bit more music or something like that. But uh, I was perfectly content watching it on my small TV far away on my sofa. Helen? Uh, I'm going to give it a five. I think it works um, perfect for the small screen. Um, I have no recollection of ever seeing this in the cinema as being advertised, so it wouldn't have drawn me, drawn me out. So, yeah, perfect for watching at home. Yeah, I'm going for 4.75, and and that's because I did see it in the cinema at a time when I'd go and probably see a couple of films a day and at the weekend. Um, so this would probably would have been the B feature before, you know, a bigger film requirement at the cinema. Um, I can't remember needing to be at the cinema apart from just being in the room with a few other people, you know, tittering away at the same time. Uh, and Gatum score, Fran. I would give this a 3.7. Um, like I said, it's the third time I've seen it, so I was kind of just waiting for certain scenes. Um, so my interest did wane a few times, maybe. Uh, perhaps? I put 4.25. I think the the dialogue was smart enough and the storyline moved at pace enough that I was I was fairly engaged, I think. Yeah, may, maybe the scene at Woody Harrelson's house went on for a little bit uh, mm. too long and... and in other sections, but uh, yeah, and we didn't even yeah we didn't really mention the makeout scene too much. That was extremely awkward, but uh, but kept definitely kept me engaged as well. So yeah, four point two five. Helen, it's, it's an hour forty four. It crams it crams so much into it um, for that runtime. As I said before, that I, I think 
there is a lot going on there. It, I don't think you have to pay like 100% attention, but um, yeah, I, it, it doesn't overstay its welcome, um, which is an unusual thing for me to say. So I'm going to give it a 4.5 for engagement. Oh, well, okay. Um, maybe four for diminishing returns. Uh, I'm watching it. It can kind of lay back. I always forget about Owen and his and his uh, animations type of things, um, which is always like a nice kind of thread. And I did like, I always forget that she is interested in him genuinely as a friend. And it, I don't think she's there. To, she's not using him. And she perhaps doesn't realise the extent that she's teasing him, maybe. She's trying to keep her options open, isn't she? So I think she's yeah. keeping up, but I, I think in other films she wouldn't have turned. She wouldn't have been interested in his animation. She wouldn't have turned up to watch the the performance, you know, and that that kind of thing. Yeah, four point four point two, and that gives us an overall score of three point seven five zero 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 exactly. Um, I think that's Fran, pretty decent. Well yeah, yeah. Fran, Babs, can you tell us a bit more about Over Underrated and where we can find you online? And we'll all say goodbye to the listeners. So you can follow us online. On the following websites, Babs. <laughs> this is just a disclaimer here. This is Fran not knowing his own website and uh, social media platforms um, addresses. When, when you knew you had to wrap up, Fran, you know that it's at OU Music Pod on Twitter and at Over Underrated Music Pod on Instagram. When we started the podcast, we made it clear I will do the editing and she did social media. And we've never crossed paths ever since. <laughs> never the two shall cross. Yes. <laughs> That's not true. You did one of the videos, one of the promo videos. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I've, I've had to learn how to use Canva with varying degrees of success, uh, which has been good for, for you know, my, my day job as well. But uh, I'm, I'm very, very glad that Fran does the editing because I started looking at Audacity YouTube videos and I thought, no, I, I don't want to do this. And Fran was like, I have a degree in film. I know how to do this. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm. Uh, I my degree was in 2002. Podcasts were not a thing. This is a whole yeah. new world. <laughs> You can still, you know. Anyway, this is this is going to run house. Maybe I think I think maybe you should know your own Twitter handle. Um. Uh, well, I will say then. You know, obviously Helen and Kobe have guested on the podcast. So if you're going to check out over underrated music podcasts, start with them. Kobe guested on an episode where the theme was hip hop, and the overrated act was Puff Daddy, and the underrated act Jurassic Five. And Helen's coming on uh, the indie folk episode where we've got the National versus Sharon Van Etten. So check it out, guys. That sounds like very much in Fran's wheelhouse, the National and those both those guys. Very much, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lovely time. Helen, did you have a lovely time? I did have a lovely time. To be it fair, was great. I, had, I did have a lovely time, but way more Sharon Van Etten fan than the National for sure. Yeah. Uh, guys, thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Enjoyed this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixwatcherPod on Twitter and we're at Flixwatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K, Wood audio tell them flicks what you sent you you just heard a stripped media production 